Tina had been up since 5 o'clock that morning. Gary had gotten up at that time and spent the first hours of the day getting ready for his business meeting. Tina could tell Gary was stressed, and when he couldn't sleep, neither could she. The good news was that she heard no cries coming from the room of her infant daughter, Kelsey. Tina cracked open Kelsey's door and peeked in to check on her. Kelsey was Tina's treasure. From the moment she found out she was pregnant, a profound love took hold of her. A love whose strength surprised her. And with Kelsey's birth, this love only grew, and since then, with every passing day, it had continued to grow. This love led Tina to give up working full-time. She wanted to be there for Kelsey. She wanted to give her a better childhood than she had had. And yet, leaving her career meant Tina was dependent upon Gary. This made her nervous. It had been more than a year now since Tina quit work, and although she found that her new freedom to care for Kelsey made up for her loss of autonomy, her fears and her anxieties over her dependence upon Gary sometimes still got the better of her. Unfortunately, that morning, Gary's stress and Tina's unspoken anxieties collided. The result was not good. It was toxic. A tense exchange over nothing led to some harsh words and then... A stony silence. And then it happened. Just as Gary was leaving for work, Tina started to chide him about not spending enough time with Kelsey. And Gary just blew up. For crying out loud, Tina, are you never satisfied? And then the door slammed. Gary was gone. Tina just stood there in stunned silence. And then she heard another door slam. The door her dad slammed that night when she was only nine and he walked out on her mom. This is it. It's over. This is what happened to my parents. Panic gripped her heart. Should I call a lawyer? What about our joint bank accounts? If we separate, Gary might support Kelsey, but he won't support me. Can I even get my job back? A dark abyss opened before her. She began to feel dizzy and had to sit down. Suddenly, she was seven years old and had locked herself in her room. From the other side of her door, she could hear her parents' savage fighting and her name repeated over and over. And then she was twelve. She could smell the diesel of the Greyhound bus she rode when, all alone, she traveled from her mom's house in Syracuse to her dad's house in Baltimore. It was a smell that always made her feel lonely. And then she was 17 and was watching a police car take her brother away. She was on the front lawn of her mom's house, screaming into her cell phone at dad because he refused to do anything about his son. These memories and others paralyzed her. She had always feared marriage. Although she had always feared being alone, she knew she couldn't count on love. Her parents' breakup had stolen from her heart an image of love and left in its place a void of profound darkness, a void 
whose darkness had always been unintelligible to her. There had never been any explanation for the divorce. It had just happened. She was powerless before it. But then she had met Gary, and for the first time in her life, she had found love. And somehow, she had also found the strength to fight past her fears and say yes to him when he had proposed to her. But now she was losing him, and she couldn't do anything about it. The darkness was threatening to swallow her up. It was only Kelsey's cries that pulled Tina out of her paralysis. After tending to Kelsey, she brought her out into the living room and sat down with her on the sofa. Tina was exhausted. It was noon already. Where had the time gone? Just then, Gary came through the door, pinched Kelsey on the cheek, and was about to kiss Tina on the forehead when he suddenly stopped. Tina's dark demeanor caught his attention. Gary had forgotten about their quarrel that morning, but just then it came back to him, and he began to suspect the effect that it had had on her. He knew her very well. He knew her past. He looked at her. She looked at him. He approached her, gently helped her up from the sofa, and wrapped his arms around her. The tears started to flow. The husband held his wife, their child, between them. With eyes closed tightly, they both together saw the love that was between them. Gary said to Tina, Listen, honey, when on our wedding day I promised to love you always, I meant what I said. I'm here for good. You're not losing me. And then it was over. The darkness was gone. My brothers and sisters, I believe this little story can be seen as a sort of contemporary, modern-day parable of the history of salvation and the mystery of Easter. Tina's parents' divorce introduced into her heart the fear of a world without love. So also, sin has introduced into human experience the fear of death. This fear tells us that Death has the final word, and that nothing lasts forever. When Tina was growing up, and she was with Mom, Dad was far away. When she was with Dad, Mom was far away. This constant distance from a parent made Tina feel that she had been abandoned. So also, sin has placed a great distance between us and God. This distance makes us think, God's not around, that God has abandoned us. Tina grew up thinking that marriages just fall apart for no reason. So also, because of sin, the world is a dark place and can sometimes seem meaningless, as if we were just products of chance and our fate was nothingness. Tina said yes to Gary's marriage proposal. After many years of loneliness, she had finally found love. So also, God had a proposal for humanity. And the Blessed Virgin Mary said yes to it. In her womb, in the person of Jesus Christ, God took humanity to himself as his bride. And in the days of his earthly ministry, 
Christ, the bridegroom, was to his disciples everything that humanity had always been looking for. Christ was nothing less than God's love for mankind. Tina's history set her up for a panic attack. Her past created an illusion. The illusion was that Gary was going to abandon her. So also, because of the events of Holy Week, culminating with our Lord's death on Good Friday, his disciples succumbed to an illusion. They thought that God had walked out on mankind. They thought that love was not forever, that death had had the last word. Tina came to realize upon Gary's return home that her fears were an illusion. As Gary held her, they both saw in their hearts the truth that their love was real and that the promise they made on their wedding day were not shadowy specters but had real substance. So also Good Friday was followed by Easter Sunday. The fear of death was exposed as an illusion. God's love was stronger than death, stronger than the fear of death. God's love was alive from the dead, alive forever. He was not a shadowy ghost, but was alive and in the flesh. He had risen just as he had said he would. And so, my brothers and sisters, I announce to you the good news of Easter. Jesus is risen. The world is a place of meaning and hope and love and fidelity. We can believe. We can rejoice. Yes, Jesus is risen. The darkness has been scattered by the light of the resurrection.